Sponsored by Just Eat. Woo! Tap into Ireland's leading food ordering app. Just Eat. Find your flavour. On McDermott on 2FM. With Transport for Ireland. Plan your journey door to door with our free TFI Journey Planner app. That right there, if you're over me by three gentlemen, Ollie, Emre and Mikey. Before we kick off our official our official chat with years and years who have graced us with their glorious presence. Can we have the can we have the Gandalf impression once more? <laughs> I think that'd be a lovely jovial intro. You shall not pass. I mean, that was wonderful. Thank you so very much. <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, there's, I saw an interview you did a while ago with a, a gentleman, and he, it was a very open-ended question. He was like, "Hey, since you started." What's your thoughts on that time? It was a bit too broad a brushstroke, but I, I thought it was curious where you went with it. You were kind of saying, hey, when we released our first album, it was Grand. it was Obama and it was Cameron. And it was like a sense of the world oh. answer. But I get you. But I wouldn't say you're an overtly political band, but have external forces influenced Palo Santo at all? Well, yes. <laughs> yes. In the... In, yeah, I think, um, well, everyone's been affected, haven't they, by external forces. And I think really the, the definition of what's political or not is sort of changed now because I think we're all inherently politicised when we walk out of our doors, aren't we? And I think yeah. as a, and for myself, you know, personal politics, I suppose, as a gay man um, with a voice in an industry that kind of wants me to shut up. Um <laughs> Yeah, it did feel quite political to kind of be like, no, I'm going to be as gay as I can and that be a part of the message of the music. Um, so, yeah. Do, that's it. When you say industry wants you to shut up, how do you, how do you arrive at that conclusion? Um, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a feeling that anything that's too queer or too gay um, turns off, that's the phrase, turns off a potential audience. And um, is, is, is that when you think of like some nefarious suited and booted record label executive? Is that like well, the conversation? Well, they're not suited and booted anymore. They wear like really expensive trainers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And really expensive jeans. It makes me dislike and them even more. they are incredibly expensively cash looking. Oh dear. Yeah. But is, that, but is that the kind of the feedback you get at an executive level or maybe tone it down? I think it's, I mean, that, that you know, that exists. But I think also, you know, when, when it's, I don't want to make a whole interview about like casual, no, no, yeah, casual no, sure. homophobia, but like, um, the, I think people, you know, in the age of kind of celebrating um, sexuality and different identities, which is amazing. But at the same time, the actual kind of progression behind the scenes, which is, you know, giving opportunities to queer people, you know, parity of rights. Um, that actually takes a much longer time to to actually you know reach a stage where we all feel equal and accepted and I think there's a lot that goes unsaid and you know in boardrooms but also like in radio stations um, you know people across the board I think have um, some kind of well obviously not not talking about everybody but there's um, I think a lot of unchecked you know discrimination that goes on and some of it's way more casual but that doesn't mean that it's still not a bit toxic you know yeah um so i think it's not just you know big scary execs it kind of comes down to like it's like this sort of trickle trickle down effect you know but um you know i've been very negative about the, that whole kind of I feel like i've been quite negative everything i've just said but you know on the flip side of that is putting ourselves out there like we have we've kind of been really embraced by 
you know the people that do respond to the music and the message and that's sort of a better feeling really because and actually i was going to do this as a kind of a standalone silly throwaway bit at the end but if it ties into this conversation <laughs> let's use it like i was looking at i was going to go hey here's some of your songs i've looked at the youtube comments i'll read you the comments and see if you can identify the oh, songs they're talking about okay so we'll jump in anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah but it paints it in a positive light i feel um okay this is a whole new level of gay. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? It could be any. It could be any of them. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to start a guess? It's, they, I'll I go guess with, with if the... you're over me. That's exactly correct. Hey. Well done. Yes. Yeah. And what a wonderful video. It's incredible. If you haven't seen there it, check it go. out. It's yeah, the school before. Um, now, this is, this is um, less about that, but this is in relation to you, Ollie. Someone says, he looks amazing for 28. I just searched it. I thought he was 21. <laughs> I know, amazing. guy. You heard it here first. 28 is old. I'm 30 next year, and I think the world just the world Wait, isn't ready. That doesn't make any mathematical sense. Well, I turned 29 this year. Oh, this, oh, this, this was five okay. months ago. Yeah, okay, I okay, scrolled okay, through. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now, here's one. See, I'd be curious if you get this one. It says, I assume years and years will be suing Netflix's sorry ass for ripping off this video, throwing in a few more characters, and calling it Stranger Things. Wait, what? Oh. Wait, is it Shine? Oh, yes! Shine! Yes! Oh, Shine. We predicted Stranger Things. Was that really before Stranger Things? To be Things, fair, though? it was yeah. called The 80s. Really? Yeah, because that was 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah. We shot that in um, the 80s. We should sue in them. Ukraine, do you remember? Yeah. We didn't think of that. Yeah. Well, I don't think you get very far. It'd be a yeah. wild uh, waste. No, we'd probably lose more money suing them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you what, guys, why don't you grab your instruments? We're here with Years and Years. Time is of the essence, to be fair, because we're in the Olympia Theatre tonight. Um, okay, so Years and Years playing the Olympia Theatre with uh, a lovely Irish artist called Flynn, by the way. If you're heading down, um, try to get down early to see him. He's got a song, Gold. But Years and Years are here, live in Studio 8. They're going to do their latest single, which is Play, uh, a collaboration with Jax Jones. Take it away. Here we go. Two, 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 two FM. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Years and Years live in Studio 8. That was their latest single play. Gentlemen, come on back over. Thank you so much. Um, as you take your seats, Ollie, I want to I want to throw this one at you because I, I came across an interview you did with Alistair Campbell for GQ, I think it was, uh, GQ magazine. Um, and you were very open and honest in it, talking about, you know, your mental health struggles, your anxiety, uh, bouts of depression, self-harming when you were younger, eating disorders. There was a lot of very personal stuff and quite in depth. Uh, and I think it's very important that you talk about those kind of stuff and it's admirable that you're open. But I guess... I guess being that open, I'm wondering, does it come at a, does it come at a personal cost? Does it ever get too heavy? Like you're, I'm asking about it now. It's a point of interest with you, um, but yeah, I guess do you ever do you ever regret being so open about it? Um, I don't know if I could have done it another way, to be honest, because I think um, part of the part of my sort of uh, one of the ways I cope with you know my mental health and after many many years has been to um, be very very. Uh, vocal about it that was kind of one of the ways I kind of helped um, take away some of the um, scariness of feel of being depressed and anxiety and everything and you know and it was quite healing for me to be able to put you know be able to say the things that I have said about self-harm and bulimia which are things that are in my past but at the same time um, yeah sometimes I think oh it's quite it's quite it is a lot sometimes to have your like past you know or just just to be asked questions where you don't you you know it's so mental health is such an important topic and it's so huge and it means something different to everybody and that I mean I think we're seeing like more more and more of a conversation but um, you know it, it, I, I sometimes worry that I don't 
I'm just going to say something that isn't quite on the on the money. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. It doesn't, right. So that's kind of a stress too sometimes. But but, but even that's nice that you that you say your overwhelming feeling is that you would feel responsible for putting out good stuff. Like even that's a nice that's a nice level of self awareness to be operating at. So that's commendable. I think. Oh yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to make a bollocks of it. You know. Um. Uh, jumping back to Palo Santo then. When you were coming at this, um, I heard you reference. I didn't know you were such a big Britney fan, but I also heard you when you were talking um, in another interview about Sanctify being the first release that you liked the more R&B flavor of it. I, I guess I never I never associated that being like a heavy influence in your music. In, in my head, it was it was kind of more like pop sensibility dance music than R&B music. I guess for like for me, like pop, the sort of pop music I really loved growing up was that kind of like intersection of like pop and R&B you know so like Destiny's Child Timberland's Pharrell any idea um and like all those acts that had like a lot of like female empowerment behind them and you know anything Dark Child produced um and then like you know dance music kind of came a bit later for me personally um, when I was like in my 20s and stuff going out but also it's just like people People always ask you questions like, what, what are your references? What does it sound like? And you just say things, don't you? Because you've got to say something. <laughs> no, but we had, I remember when we first started, we used to uh, do, occasionally do like DJ sets, which essentially, for anyone who's listening, is playing your iPod over big speakers in a bar. And um, ours, we had a particular one that always used to like cause the, the crowd to go nuts, which was just exclusively noughties and late 90s R&B and stuff like Aaliyah and Timberland and... Um, yeah, we just loved it from day one, I think. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Ali, with the, I guess the message that you've spread about, uh, you know, embracing mental health challenges and as they arise, and that's, I guess, one thing we, it's important to make a distinction between the difference between mental health, which is just your reaction to everything life that will throw at you versus mental illness, which is diagnosed by a doctor and might need lifelong medication and whatnot. But, oh, actually, even that thing you were saying about taking antidepressants uh, and destigmatizing stuff. Yeah. You made a really nice analogy between as if someone had like a thyroid problem or something and yeah. they'd have to take lifelong medication. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a there's a tendency to think that, you know, I take antidepressants and, and I think there's a bit of a stigma around it in sort of like you need a crutch or you know you know, you need something to help you you know, you should be able to just get there by yourself. And that's just not, I think, very helpful for people, you know, because some of us, whether it is a, a chemical imbalance, um, you know, and, and if if anyone else had that, you would take medication for it if you if you could and if it helped you and if it was right. So, um, yeah, I think there's just so many areas, aren't there, to kind of tackle for people. And there's, there's so, you know, I think we're getting better at kind of talking about how we're feeling. But then what if someone's in distress or crisis, there has to be provision, you know, something available for them, you know, whether that's like their local GP or support center or like a group that they can go to and talk that's informal. But like a lot of those provisions aren't there. So that's the, that's kind of like I think the next step is trying to get the, the money in place to secure funding so people can actually get yeah. the help that they need. Uh, do you have one little, I guess, tip or trick or mechanism that you've adopted to kind of calm yourself when you feel overwhelmed or or that kind of feeling coming up? I write stuff down. Yeah. Like, yeah, I always have a journal with me and I, yeah, I like writing stuff down when I feel like really crazy. I'm like, okay, I just need to uh, write stuff. Okay. <laughs> if there's any, uh, have an amazing time with the Olympia tonight. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you. If there's any years and years fans listening who've maybe passively enjoyed the album or songs, if there was one song you want to maybe give a little bit of an insight in, even if it's a sentence or two, that might kind of make them listen to it in a new way, 
What is the song? We'll go one each. Uh, in Rendezvous, there's a chord change. I stole from a Faith No More song. I, it's underwhelming to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, would be to you. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Well, faith no more. We're not a, a pivotal part of my musical education. Right. Maybe it just means I'm an ignorant. Okay, <laughs> so we've plagiarism, Buggy. There's a lot of hidden uh, percussion castanets, and I think both albums that Mark has stuck in there. Yeah. It's true. So see if you can find them all. Like, where's Wally? <laughs> okay, right. Hidden percussion for, for uh, hidden castanet. Hidden castanets. <laughs> um, uh, Ollie. Oh, our song preacher. I don't know if this is interesting actually, but our song preacher used to be called Woo-hoo. Feelings. No, oh, got no feelings. I've got feelings. I've got feelings for, for you. Yeah. No, it was, but we changed it. Okay, changed you do change it. it. Right there you go. <laughs> Uh, guys, thanks a mil for coming in. Have a wonderful time in the Olympia. Also, I don't know if you picked him or if you just landed on your tour, but it's a really talented young Irish guy called Flynn. Flynn. Yes, yes who's, who's opening up. So, yeah, he's been grafting for a long time and he's a talented guy. So I love that he's getting a shot. So yeah. sweet. Thanks a mil. Thanks, man. This is 2FM.